Hello, and welcome to The Staffing Show, the only podcast that delivers tools, tips, and tactics from the staffing and recruiting industry's top executives and thought leaders. Right now, finding talent is more difficult than ever before. The key to winning in today's market is an innovative and reliable tech stack that makes finding and engaging with talent faster and easier. With Aviante Bolt's comprehensive front and back office software, you have everything you need to run your business end-to-end and stand out in a competitive market. Learn more about how Aviante can be your recruiter's secret weapon at aviante.com. That's A-V-I-O-N-T-E.com. Hello, everyone. Thank you again for joining us for another episode of The Staffing Show. Super excited today to be joined by Jared Hummel, who is the president of Parka Marketing. Jared, why don't you go ahead and give a quick introduction about yourself and how you got into the staffing industry? <laughs> hey, David. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you having me on. How I got into staffing accidentally. So I, about four and a half years ago, I was actually reached out to by a recruiter at our sister company, Versteek, uh, searching consulting about a CFO role. And happened to meet with Tony and Chris, our owners, and decided that joining as a CFO of Verseek would be a great career move. And then shortly after that, ended up getting involved with Parka, which is what we're chatting about today, a digital marketing agency that services staffing recruiting firms across the nation. And so it wasn't necessarily the career path, but it's definitely been awesome to learn <laughs> not only about the staffing and recruiting at Versique in the Minneapolis market, but getting to know from executive search firm to high volume staffing firms across the country. Oh, that's awesome. And, and tell me a little bit about kind of what is Parka? Yeah, so Parka... Our mission is to train, teach, educate, and help staffing and recruiting firms understand the power of digital marketing in today's world. And so about three and a half years ago, we set out on that mission. And today, it's evolved a lot. It started out as mostly doing some high-level tactics like SEO and PPC, which most people nowadays are familiar with, to really today, we're a fully outsourced performance marketing agency. So Everything from marketing technology, marketing automation. We have a content team, a website development team, more the traditional side. We have branding, marketing collateral, all of that. And so how we talk about it is really staffing firms in general aren't known to invest heavily (laughs) in marketing activities. And as we help define the future of the staffing recruiting market, it's like, Companies don't really know if they should go out and hire a $150,000 CFO that doesn't necessarily want to do the tactics, or they hire a $45,000 college graduate that might be able to do the tactics but provides no strategy. Coming to Parka kind of blends the world together, right? And even if they have one or two internal marketers, digital marketing is so wide and deep now that it's really hard to be an expert in all of them. And so even supplementing companies that have a marketer or two with our expertise. And so, yeah, that's kind of where we're at today. Yeah. And could you tell me a little bit about the size of the team and kind of what your growth has looked like at Parka? Yeah. So like I said, we're at about year three and a half now, and we are at 23 internal employees. And then part of finding the best solution for our client is 
we have a whole network of freelancers and consultants we work with on specific projects. And every year we've seen well over 100% growth. So we started, you know, the first year, I think we were under 500,000 and this year we'll be over 3 million. So every year we're looking at close to doubling in size. And I feel like the industry (laughs) hasn't even been tapped yet. I think we have a, a long way to go. And as marketing goes from, not that it's not important, but like individual recruiter brands or like organic social media to actual strategic performance marketing, being able to actually have attribution down to the candidate or to the client of like where your business is coming from. Even the 500 million plus companies that we're working with aren't doing that. And so what we're really focused on is taking high-level employees from outside of the staffing industry (laughs) and bringing them in because, for example, Toby is our director of automation technology. He was a global automation coach for Thomson Reuters, where Thomson Reuters is, I think it's a Fortune 500 company. But Toby there managed 144 different technologies and coached all the automation managers on how to better service Thomson Law, Thomson Reuters, all of that. So bringing that in-house, like he always tells me, like, I'm not reinventing the wheel. Like there's industries out there that are 10 years ahead of most staffing recruiting firms. I'm just trying to educate the market on how to do these things. I think that's such a great concept and something that we talk about a lot with our team is just like, not what is the best in staffing, but what is the best overall. And I really think there's big opportunity for staffing firms to kind of look at what's going on in Silicon Valley and what are the fastest growing startups doing? How are they operating? What technology are they using? And figure out how do you replicate, implement those strategies? Do you have any kind of specific examples of, uh, I mean, you talked a little bit about automation there. Sounds like you guys kind of dabble in quite a bit, but do you have any examples of either technology or kind of marketing tactics that you guys have been deploying for staffing agencies that's been working well? Yeah. You know, we talked about it a little a little before. The thing that honestly I've learned, I guess ignorance is bliss is a, <laughs> a little bit not coming from the industry is just how many different types of staffing and recruiting firms there are, right? Like from the corn fairy, like executive search firm to high volume staffing. And so it's very dependent on which industry it is. And we don't take a cookie cutter approach of one size fits all. But I can tell you part of why Parking exists is our sister company, Verseek. And one of the stats that we pride ourselves on is that every year, about 35% of Verseek's revenue comes from inbound marketing. And so as an employee of Verseek, if 33% of most people's business is traditional staffing and recruiting, 33% is we've created a very collaborative workforce where it's not as cutthroat as a lot of old school staffing industry or staffing agencies. And then third is 33% is basically handed to them on a silver platter through paid advertising, content creation, building the brand on social media. And so again, it's not like a a silver bullet technology, but (laughs) it's a company that was set up to literally like Tony, our owner says, Verseek is really a marketing company that happens to be in the search and staffing business. And I think that mindset is is really what drives Parka. But you know, on the other side, like we've had some very large staffing companies that we've run paid LinkedIn or paid Facebook ads for hiring internal employees. 
they'll come to us and say like, we want to hire 50 recruiters in the next six months. And we want to put a strategy together to bring them in house for some of these rapidly growing enterprise staffing firms. And then, you know, the one I was telling you about before is we have a high volume staffing firm that actually a couple of years ago, literally let go of their entire sales team and put all of that money into Google paid advertising. And to this day, you know, we're their single sales arm in the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're running paid advertising. So, you know, I always say like, no industry is unique, but every industry has unique parts of it. I think the cool part about staffing is that you have the B2B client lead generation side, you have the B2C candidate generation side, and then you also have like the talent acquisition employer brand side. And so we're constantly working with our clients on, we're all very aware of the current situation in today's market with the great resignation. And we had 40% of our clients called us in like a three-week time period and said, move all the money from client lead generation to candidate lead generation. And, and, you know, that's what I feel like has made us successful with our clients. Yeah, it's kind of amazing to think uh, we're sitting in pretty much the opposite spot from a year ago. <laughs> a year ago, yeah. it's like, I need job orders, need more clients. And now it's need to find talent and can't get anybody to work regardless. <laughs> I know a lot of people are increasing pay rates and doing whatever they can. What are some of the... We've kind of talked about that challenge. Are there any other common challenges that you're hearing from staffing firms that you're working with? Yeah, I definitely the biggest is not only finding candidates to place at their clients, but also internal hiring to, you need more recruiters, right? To find more people and you need more, well, most people don't actually need a bigger sales team right now. A lot of people are turning away new business because they want to provide a great experience for their longtime clients. So, I mean, talking the industry as a whole, the industry as a whole is just, we say five to seven years behind a lot of other industries in terms of their sophistication. And, you know, it's not a knock on anyone, but like I say, staffing recruiting is a consummate sales profession, right? Like I don't never pulled it. Someone probably has, but I would guess that like 70 to 80% of staffing firms are owned by a, a salesperson that moved on to something bigger and better from where they started. And I know that's the case with Tony and Chris, like our owners. And one of the quotes I had the other day was just like, if you look at hiring 10 recruiters for your team, right? Fully loaded benefits and everything like that. You're probably looking at at minimum $100,000 per person. That's a million dollars a year. And I think that's been the staffing industry's traditional way of scaling their business is just bringing on more salespeople, bringing on more recruiters. And the world that we live in today, like if you gave me a million dollars at Parka, the things that we could do to make your company more efficient make your website your best salesperson, automate processes, create a better candidate experience, bring on technologies like staffing referrals and other people that are bringing on technologies to make staffing firms more efficient. I think that's the struggle right now is everyone is in this war on talent to find more recruiters. And and I'm not honestly convinced that hiring more recruiters is the way of the future. Like you said, taking some of the cues from the Silicon Valleys of the world, or even you know some of the big companies that some of our employees have worked with, Nestle and Bear Paint, and some of these big global brands, they're looking at things from a much different perspective. And I don't think you really have like marketing and then delivery now. I think they're integrated, right? And I think David, you would you would probably agree with what you're doing at staffing referrals. 
Yeah, absolutely. So we actually, I mean, it's kind of funny that you bring that up. So I, the conversations we're having with staffing executives and people that are in our audiences, most recently, I heard somebody say that they need to double their recruiters. They've got three times more job orders than they've ever had. They could double their recruiters today and they still probably wouldn't have enough manpower. And I always think it's funny is it's like that's one approach and that is kind of the traditional approach or the kind of the, the way it's been done. And actually, some of the larger agencies are really looking at the online staffing model and how do we have this go end to end with recruiters focusing on the relationship, kind of the success of the candidates. And, you know, I think that there's really going to be kind of a shift in the business model for staffing firms as a whole. And one other thing that you kind of brought up, but we brought this up a few different times on this, is I do think that marketing as a whole is pretty underserved within staffing. I think the stats are, on average for businesses, somewhere between like eight and a half to 15% of spend is what it should be. I know a few staffing firms that are like the 300 employee or 500 employee size, and they have one marketer. (laughs) And like, it's just kind of interesting to see how companies are operating today and what they're going to be operating in just a few years. I think as these new entrants kind of come in and disrupt the market, I think there's going to have to be some pretty major change. And there's probably some big opportunities for those that are willing to go out there and make adjustments now. Yeah. It's changing whether people like it or not. I did a presentation a while ago and someone just brought it up the other day that they asked me like, well, what should I spend? And I'm like, I can't tell you what to spend. It's not my company. But I can tell you that Generally speaking, B2B businesses spend 3 to 5%. I don't exactly know where Kelly, our, our head of sales, got it, but somewhere she got that the average staffing firm is 0.3% of revenue. <laughs> and that's, the, that's amazing. The top tolls and the Upworks and like the people that are digitalizing the process, traditionally, those like unicorn back, private equity back groups are spending 25 to 35% of revenue. And so, I can't tell you like every industry is a little different in staffing and different people, but I can tell you that it's changing and people that don't get on board. Like you said, we have multiple hundred million dollar staffing firms that don't even have a marketer. We're their agent of record, we're their entire marketing department. And I think I think what probably like scares owners or salespeople is just it's like What's the movie Boiler Room where it's like you get the blue slip from marketing of your sales lead and then you go pound the phone to get it, right? If you look at other industries, they all have CROs now, like chief revenue officers. And there isn't this line between like, oh, here's your ticket to like call on this group. It's literally an efficiency effort to drive revenue. And that's what we're trying our best to educate the market on. Yeah, well, I think that the old kind of old way of the smile and dial, you know, 120 calls a day, not saying that doesn't work in some industries and that that should go away completely, but I think it should probably not be the entire strategy. <laughs> I think that <laughs> having, uh, having some other approaches is probably a good thing. One other component that you talked about a little bit earlier, but I think is something that's interesting for the audience and something that people should probably be digging in a little bit more is really identifying what is the total cost per placement based off of the source of that lead. I think that a lot of agencies look at, oh, well, if I'm getting it from Indeed, I know I paid this much, but then how much time does it take the recruiter to actually follow up on that? And also what's kind of blows me away is there's still a lot of agencies that don't really think know what the cost per placement is based off their different sources. Like, you know, here's what it 
It's $500 to get a placement from job boards. It's X to get it from this source. Um, is that something that you guys are working with agencies on? Yeah. I would love it if today that was like a mandatory to work with us. It's not yet, but that's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's something that's coming down the pipeline, right? Right now, Parka, we would call ourselves a digital agency. Like, I hope that six months or nine months from now, we're not a digital agency. Like, we're a performance marketing agency. And if, if you're going to put performance in the name, you better be able to quantify your performance, right? And that's why we went out and, like I mentioned, we got Toby who is now our Director of Automation and Technology. Just last week, we hired Julie Halderson, who is our Executive Vice President, but she has spent most of her career at very high levels of high-performance marketing agencies with this exact goal that you're talking about, David. Of We want to quantify every single part of the staffing process in a way that we can quantify it back to the client and you probably know more staffing agencies than I do. You've been around it a lot longer, but I don't know one, honestly, that has true attribution from front to back. I mean, even to the point, as Toby and Julie have got here, we're trying to work with the Bohorns and the Aviantes of the world because a lot of their systems aren't even set up for like full attribution modeling. It's like it's that new to the staffing and recruiting industry. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think that we're seeing people move in that direction. I think it will continue to move faster in that direction as as it kind of catches up to what we see in other industries. We've already talked about this a little bit, but are there any other things, if you're a staffing agency owner, any other kind of words of cautions or things that you're seeing agencies doing wrong or incorrectly that you think they should be doing differently? I don't feel qualified to tell a business (laughs) wrong because I've done plenty of things very wrong. No, I just think it's the realization that everyone says like, well, what's the effect of COVID? What's the effect of COVID? Like what a lot of people don't realize is forward-thinking staffing companies existed before COVID. Like COVID just accelerated everything and made the people that were paying attention pay attention to <laughs> what was actually happening in the industry, right? And so whoever you talk to, there's kind of this like change or die mentality going on in the market right now and like it sounds like overkill and like you said like cold calling will never necessarily go away 100% but I think people have to understand multi-touch attribution doesn't mean that you have to like change everything it means that you have to be strategic about everything and like when you make that cold call like you should have a process of sending them a LinkedIn message and then two days later having an ad that retargets them and then two days later have an email that goes out to them personalized to talk to them about, you know, give them something value added that they might find value in your staffing agency. So it's really that multi-touch attribution and going at it as strategic approach. That's what's changing in the market. And I think people get scared of this, like, well, digital transformation, what's it mean? Or I've been in this industry for 30 years. Why would I change now? Or it doesn't have to be this like absolute. It just it's a smarter way of doing business. And I would just mostly encourage people to explore it, learn about it, and invest in it because it's happening. Yeah, it is happening for sure. And uh, I mean, I also think that to kind of second what you said that it's good for people to find ways to do small tests, try new things. You also brought this up before, which I think is interesting and something that I dealt with having the marketing agency. You know, finding one person 
if you run a staffing agency, you're like, oh, we're going to hire this one person that's going to solve our marketing problems. It's like, yeah. well, that one person better have a budget to hire a bunch of freelancers because the number of specialties and expert, the areas of expertise in digital marketing really require that. And there really isn't a, a kind of a one person to solve it all. It's unless they're uh, managing kind of a team or working with somebody like Parka to kind of help with a bunch of those different aspects. Yeah. It's crazy to me. <laughs> like as a recovering finance guy, when I took over running Parka, I was like, marketing is just branding and that's not really my jam. Like you can't quantify that. And then fast forward three and a half years, it's a very analytical, very mathematical, very strategic, very like there's all these pieces and you can't be a great well, you can, but there's not a lot of people that are a great designer and then love spending eight hours a day in Google Analytics. Like yeah. you're, you're talking left brain, right brain stuff here. And like I said, a business owner wants twenty-two year old to come out of college where they didn't learn jack about anything and be like, What's our marketing strategy? And they're like, Well, we'll write a blog a month and post on social twice a week. That's not <laughs> that's not gonna <laughs> keep up in the world today with that. And so obviously Parka was built in a way that even if we don't have the expertise in the house, like you can't even build. A lot of websites are built on WordPress, right? Like if someone builds a website with us, it's on WordPress. But early on in Parka's days, like people found us and well, our site was built on Drupal. Our site was built on Squarespace. And all of a sudden we were like, well, we can't just service WordPress. That doesn't work. There's all these people doing all these things and some staffing agencies are putting tons of money into LinkedIn, others into job boards, others into Facebook. There's just way too many things, unless you have a budget, like you said, for 10, 15 marketers, there's more economical ways to go about it. And the way I always explain it to staffing and consulting companies is you're literally in the business of placing people on a temporary basis to achieve an objective that isn't worth a full-time hire. And like, that's why Parker exists, right? Like we're not a staffing agency, but we're still a consulting agency so that staffing firm owners can focus on awesome staffing firm owners and you outsource it to us and you don't have to think twice about it. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And I just kind of want to shift gears a little bit to, you mentioned earlier that with the marketing that you're doing for Verseek, for the, your guys' you know, kind of partner or uh, staffing agency that you had about 35% coming inbound. Do you have any examples of what type of tactics or content you guys are using for that that you, you'd be open to share? Yeah. And again, I want to like asterisk this because Verseek as a predominantly direct hire search firm is much different than a high volume you know, industrial staffing firm. So what works for one doesn't work for all. But really, Everseek, SEO and paid advertising is something even before Parker existed. When Tony started Verseek, it was hire good people that provide service worthy of a referral and own the internet. Like that was his two, <laughs> the founding <laughs> principles of Verseek. And so early on, like they got into PPC and SEO. And so to this day, I think I don't have the exact number. It's probably behind me somewhere, but it's like, 870 keywords for Seek ranks number one for in the Twin Cities market. So anyone that types in job seeker, executive recruiter, headhunter, any of those words for Seek is coming up <laughs> number one as the trusted source in the market. And then, like I said, in today's world, paid advertising, 
like you almost have to pay to play nowadays <laughs> as Google slowly moves organic rankings down the food chain so that they can make more money. Strategically run paid advertising campaigns are important on the, I guess you'd call it like the more sophisticated side, quote unquote, is, you know, we focus on webinars and value added pieces of content, whether it's salary guides or eBooks, but you're creating those in the middle of the funnel of marketing. And the goal isn't necessarily to get a new lead. The goal is to get people's names and information to continue to nurture them. And so, you know, through COVID, we did three or four webinars with our HR consulting team. And each of them had over 600 attendees to it. And when they have those attendees, then you have their information and you can start to build a relationship. And then that's where it goes back into that multi-touch attribution where our marketing strategy and our sales strategy then started to go together of, you know, the sales manager would look at and, and divvy out a hundred to each of the account executives. And then we would build an automation system that would nurture them on the topic of the subject that they watched the webinar on. And then we would move it into a sequence where maybe they would get a call from the AE and then they would get an email a month later from us. And then the recruiter would get a task three days later to like something of theirs on LinkedIn and so on and so forth. I mean, I know everyone is pretty much having record years this year and Versique is no different, but we use COVID to slow down and build our database so that on the other side of it, we had the relationships built to grow at an exponential level. And I think we've seen that come to fruition. That's great. And uh, one thing that you brought up, I don't know what the number of people uh, that listen to this podcast would know would have an answer to this, but the fact that you guys are tracking 835 keywords and, and that you're number one for those, as you brought that up, I was just thinking about like how many staffing executives actually know how many keywords they come up for or are tracking that. It's something that we track with our companies and we haven't for a few years, but it's something that I think most probably don't have their eye on the ball. And it's actually fairly critical in terms of making sure that you're being found when people are actually out there searching. And truly, in organic search, those leads are tend to be the hottest leads you can possibly have when people are actually finding you versus doing paid or other activities as well. Yeah, I would say that there's some very large companies we work with that when they started working with us, like didn't have a search result on the first page at all. They had like a certain level of pride that they had a search query that returned something on the second or the third page. And I'm like, dude, when is the last time you went to the second page <laughs> yeah. of Google? Like, I don't even know if I've ever made it to the bottom of the first page. And so <laughs> again, you have the big players, but also the market leaders that are investing in it. And so you have a handful that you continuously see at the top, but it's crazy that within a few months of working with Parka, we've had some very big wins on the SEO front just because it's not super competitive in staffing recruiting yet. Like yeah. you can get a company that's been around a long time, not in the first position, but on the first page in like a couple months because the competition's so low. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just to your point on the how far do people go down in search, this is maybe a, a few a stat from a couple of years ago, but it was like 67% of all clicks go to the top three results on Google. Yeah. So if you're not in the top three, don't expect it to have a huge impact. And then I also just had a quick, funny story is actually I had one 
company that we were doing marketing for years ago. It was probably five years ago, but I remember they were like, well, you know what? If you Google our brand name, if you Google our company, we're number one for that. So we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, well, you're missing the point here. <laughs> missing the point. So That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. So we touched a little bit on the the digital transformation and we've talked about some of the major trends. Are there any kind of pieces of advice that you would want to share in terms of how to approach the digital transformation from within your organization and or kind of different ways to look at you know how you're approaching buying new technology? Yeah, I feel like I'm a broken record. Maybe that's a good thing or a bad thing, but to me it all starts with strategy. Like if you don't have a strategy, like invest in it upfront. That's something Parka obviously is priding itself on, but there's a couple other players in the market that are very talented as well. But don't go at it backwards. I can't tell you how many people that I've talked to over the last couple of years that are like, I bought Purefish. What do we do now? <laughs> uh, do you have content? Like, do you have a strategy? Do you have people that are leveraging it? Is your database clean? Is like, <laughs> And David, you and I and Joey and Toby talked about it a while ago. It's just like, there's so many ways to leverage staffing referrals just beyond staffing referrals, right? Like staffing referrals is a great product and you guys automatically have like some of the out of the box content and all that, but you're also a bullhorn partner. You also partner with great recruiters. You also integrate with your fish. You also have relationships with Parka and probably other digital agents. Like, it's bringing that all together that makes it quantifiable, right? And so we came up with our, for digital marketing specifically, not as much technology per se, but we came up with our proven process of brand credibility, online visibility, lead generation, solely out of the fact that so many people called us looking for the silver bullet of like, well, what's the one thing I can pay yeah. you $1,500 a month and we will grow to $10 million in three nights? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, that's not. <laughs> Staffing referrals is great, but you guys aren't going to promise that. Like Parker's sure as heck not going to promise it. It's like, if you want paid advertising to work, you can't have a website from 1972 because when you pay for people (laughs) to go to your website, they're going to get credibility, right? And so with Parker, we don't let people buy single services from us anymore because single tactic marketing doesn't work. If you're not going to invest in a website that's going to have a high conversion rate, I refuse to steal your money and make you pay more money to Google (laughs) to something that I know isn't going to get results. And I think that's why we've built the relationship with you, David, and Staffing Referrals and, and a lot of the other technology partners is because there's a lot of awesome technology entrepreneurs in the market right now developing really cool things. And Parker really exists to help amplify those. As you guys are blazing the trails, like we want to be a partner with you guys to really help the staffing firms that probably don't have the CMO or even a CEO that's vested in marketing really get that change management buy-in, right? And you and I have talked about that. Like you've had clients that have had awesome results, but the change management wasn't there. And it makes it hard. Yeah, it's funny is when you look at when actually I mean I learned this with the, my marketing agency days is when you buy a product like Curefish, HubSpot, Sense, whatever it may be, you do need somebody. What I always compare it to is it's like buying a great gym membership, but if you never show up, 
you are not going to lose that weight <laughs> and, and you need somebody that's willing to show up and go push some weight around. And I think a lot of these platforms, everybody's trying to make them work as quickly as they can out of the box, but there is some effort. There is some strategy that to connect the pieces, make sure everything's right, make sure the data is correct. And there is some effort that goes into that. And I think sometimes agency owners, and I think this goes across the spans outside of uh, staffing is people, everybody's looking for the, the silver bullet. And it really is kind of having that comprehensive strategy in place. So I, I think that's a, a great thought. With that, I was going to go ahead and jump into kind of some of the more personal questions here as we kind of wrap up. So what is advice that you wish you were given before you entered the staffing industry? <laughs> I would say investing in infrastructure. And I don't know if that's my advice to the industry or <laughs> just something yeah. I observed, but it, to me, it works a little bit both ways. It's like It's such a revenue sales generated industry. And I think where people get caught up and something I've really learned is if you don't invest in the infrastructure to scale, it's very hard to scale. And I'm not just talking like, obviously marketing is a part of that, but it's also the technology, the ATS stuff, it's your corporate service team, it's your AP and AR, it like all of that, like it's very easy to hire another salesperson or another recruiter, but as soon as those people get bogged down in administrative tasks, A, they're not good at it. And B, they're 100% commissioned and like take or heavily commissioned. But I think that's like something that I, I have learned that I probably coming out of manufacturing, it's all fixed assets. You yeah. have millions of dollars of equipment and 10% of your revenue is payroll. And, and it's kind of the opposite here. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, next question. So in the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Honestly, why I feel like I can evangelize Parka and marketing is because, again, as a recovering CFO, I never really believed in marketing <laughs> because it wasn't easily return on investment when you're talking PR or a billboard or well, it's all kind of abstract brand building. And I think just fully understanding like how scientific marketing is in today's world is earth shattering to me. I always say like, I feel like I'm on the cutting edge of technology for the first time in my career, which is exciting, but I don't feel like it should be because marketing has existed <laughs> for a yeah. long time. So yeah, I think even to bring it back to life is like my wife bought a business a year and a half ago and a lot of people in her industry are also pretty outdated. And so just having the knowledge I have now, most of the people in her industry are still showing up at trade show after trade show every single weekend working 100 hours a week. And we're running paid ads, getting 30 to 40 new clients a month. And so... <laughs> that's amazing. That's crazy. Uh, so it did change my life outside of parking too. <laughs> that, that's fantastic. And what is the book or books you've given most as a gift and why? To be honest with you, I'm a huge fan of Tim Ferriss. Tools of the Titans is one of them. And why? I, maybe it's because I have a short attention span. I don't know. But <laughs> I mean, literally, it's like a page or two of like the most influential people in the world from Bill Clinton to Nelson Mandela to Tony Robbins to Derek Jeter. It's just like totally sporadic, but it's he asked like a set of 20 questions and like yeah. each person only gets three or four of them, but you get to see, I believe it's tools of the Titans that split into three parts. And one is like 
religion and faith, health and wellness, and then like business. But when you can ask the same questions to like the most influential people, you get common denominators out of it. And so it's just one of those things, like the book itself, I think is like 700 pages, but you can just go five minutes by five minutes of just being inspired by people that look at things in a unique and different way. Yeah. Well, and you might notice some of these questions from that book. So I'm also a big oh. fan. <laughs> so that's, that's great. So last question, then we'll wrap it up. But how has a failure or apparent failure set you up for later success? Oh my gosh. I literally had this conversation in my I know, one-on-one this morning. I said, if I look back with Julie starting as our new executive vice president, I just feel like I've been through this enough to know that like when you have someone of that caliber starting, like you're on to like the next evolution of your business. And so me and one of the, our employees that have, has been here basically since the start, we had a one-on-one today where we were just kind of reminiscing about the past. Honestly, it's business is probably like 10% business intellect and 90% resilience. <laughs> yeah. We're like, remember when we hired this person or remember when we failed at this or that or that. And we've only been at it three and a half years. Tony and Chris have been at it 30 years. And so I just think that one of my favorite quotes is life is moving from failure to failure without losing optimism. And I think that's something I, I could probably spend days, way more time than we have today on just everything that I've messed up along the way. So from a truly business perspective, you have to have a vision. If people aren't inspired, it fails. You have to have adequate liquidity. People sit on their Excel spreadsheet of like, we're going to start up in January and by June, we're going to be making a quarter million dollars each. And then, you know, the business doesn't even start generating revenue till August and a little panic sets in. So really having the liquidity to make things happen and and to invest wisely is a big one. Hire good people. That's (laughs) probably the number one. We didn't talk a lot about it today. It's probably the thing that I'm honestly most passionate about is building teams. And I've had the blessing and the curse of never working in an industry where I was a subject matter expert. And when you do that, you're vulnerable, but you also are forced to surround yourself with great people. Because to this day, I don't know how to go into Google Analytics. I don't know how to go into Hootsuite. I don't know how to build a workflow and marketing automation. And so hiring good people has allowed we're going to grow like we said, over 100% every year that we've been in business. So That's amazing. Great advice and uh, really enjoyed the conversation, Jared. Any closing comments that you'd like to share with the audience? I always like talking. Uh, I don't... <laughs> I'm not ready to be done. No, I just think the thing that inspires me is getting to know people like you, David. And we're all fans of Adam and Rob at Great Recruiters and like the guys that started Herefish and the guys that started Sense. And there are these like awesome entrepreneurs that are building technologies to transform this industry. And so whether that's through Parker or not, honestly, I love it, but I don't care. Like get to know these technologies, get to know these people because they will be the ones that are carrying the next generation of this industry. And I think there's a lot to be learned from you guys. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining, Jared. Really enjoyed the conversation. I hope you have a wonderful day. Yeah, you as well. Thanks for having me on, David. Thanks for listening to The Staffing Show. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at staffinghub.com to never miss an episode. Until next time.